Thank you, uh, Galen Roshi. It's wonderful to, uh, to be here again. And thank you for allowing me to come virtually. I'm not using airplanes so much these days. Um, it's a pleasure to be back, though, at Houston Zen Center. And I'm going to talk today about a great teacher in our lineage, uh, Hong Shi Zhongzhui, uh, in the 1100s, 1091 to 1157. There won't be a test, but I'm going to talk from this book I did and translated, Cultivating the Empty Field, with uh, some excerpts of some of the major teachings of Hong Zhe. So uh, he's a very important teacher in our Soto lineage in Chinese Saodong. Uh, and um, he uses nature imagery a lot. He's is very poetic. And uh, so I'll, I'll be reading some excerpts and then commenting on them. And I'm looking forward to some discussion and question and answer afterwards. He was, uh, Hong Zhe was very influential on uh, the for the teachings of Dogen. Um, and uh, in my studies of where Dogen came from, including the Soto lineage in China and uh, other, other the koan, koan texts from China and, and also um, major sutras, uh, I found that there's this really strong coherence and cohesion throughout the Soto lineage. So back to the founder of Saodong or Soto in China, Dongshan, in the 800s, and actually before him to Shudo. I don't know if you trans if you chant the harmony of difference and sameness or Sando Kai there, but um, anyway, there's there's this connection that goes from Dongshan uh, to Dogen and through Hongzhou, very much so. So uh, he's a very important teacher for us. Um, and uh, his his teachings are uh, well very much uh, connected with nature, connected with uh, the peacefulness of zazen. So he his teaching has sometimes been called silent illumination or serene illumination. Really, basically the same uh, as uh, Dogen's shikantaza or zazen. Uh, there's a great holographic quality to his teachings. So I could read any of a group of uh, teachings from Cultivating the Empty Field, uh, and they all kind of reflect each other. But I'm going to focus on a, some particular focuses of his teaching. Uh, and just to mention that there's a great influence in Hongzhe from the Huayan teachings, the teachings of the flower ornament, or the Tamsaka Sutra uh, that Tom Clearisha has translated for us. So, um, okay, I'm just going to start, and I'll again I'll be reading excerpts and then commenting on them. So I'll start at the beginning of his practice instructions, which is just uh, one of the volumes, volume I think volume eight of ten volumes in. Uh, his extent, extensive record. There's a lot that has not been translated yet. Uh, there is some that has been translated from Hongzhe in the Book of Serenity, which is which he in which he selected the cases and wrote the first comments. Anyway, here goes. The field of boundless emptiness is what exists from the very beginning. You must purify, cure, grind down, 
or brush away all the tendencies you have fabricated into apparent habits. Then you can reside in the clear circle of brightness. Utter, utter emptiness has no image. Upright independence does not rely on anything. Just expand and illuminate the original truth, unconcerned by external conditions. Accordingly, we are told to realize that not a single thing exists, which is to say that not a single thing exists in and of itself, by itself, separate from everything else. In this field, birth and death do not appear. The deep source, transparent down to the bottom, can radiantly shine and can respond unencumbered to each speck of dust without becoming its partner. The subtlety of seeing and hearing transcends mere colors and sounds. The whole affair functions without leaving traces and mirrors, without obscurations. So uh, this is a kind of Zazen instruction here, and I'm going to comment on it a little bit later from another perspective that Hongsha offers. But to um, respond, to shine and respond unencumbered by each speck of dust without becoming its partner, the subtlety of seeing and hearing transcends mere colors and sounds. So our seeing and hearing, this is, this is a Zazen instruction, our seeing and hearing is not uh, caught by, not limited by uh, mere uh, colors and sounds. So this is something to consider. Uh, I spent some time when I was at Tassajara just looking at how I was looking and how I was hearing. Um, so I'll come back to that. Uh, the next one I want to talk about is uh, called the practice of true reality. And I'll read a little bit more of this one. The practice of true reality is simply to sit serenely in silent introspection. So this is our zazen. Just to sit silently and upright. When you have fathomed this, you can be cannot be turned around by external causes and conditions. This empty, wide-open mind is subtly and correctly illuminated, spacious and content, without confusion from inner thoughts of grasping, effectively overcome habitual behavior and realize the self that is not possessed by emotions. So to not be possessed by all the, the thoughts and feelings and emotions that do come up as we sit silently. Uh, in, in, our, in our zazen. He says, such upright independent spirit can begin not to pursue degrading situations. We can find our inner and outer uprightness through settling into this awareness. Here you can rest and become clean, pure, and lucid, bright and penetrating. You can immediately return, accord, and respond to deal with events. Everything is unhindered. And here we'll see some of his, uh, his poetic imagery. Clouds gracefully floating up to the peaks. The moonlight glitteringly flowing down mountain streams. The entire place is brightly illuminated and spiritually transformed. Totally unobstructed and clearly manifesting responsive interaction like box and fit, box and way fitting or our opponents meeting. So, the point of Hongshu's teaching here is that in our 
sustained upright sitting, whether you call it zazen or shikantasa or serene illumination, just to be paying attention and not be caught by the thoughts and feelings that, of course, are flowing through our uh, mind sense. Mind sense. So these are just objects like the sights and sounds, not to be caught by them. How do we settle into just this presence? This is Hongshu's teaching. This is, and this is really the teaching of the whole Soto lineage and the practice of the whole Soto lineage. So uh, not to be caught by, not to believe everything you think, not to be caught by all your feelings, to, to come back to uprightness, to come back to just presencing, to be present in this situation. But also, as Hongshu says, uh, we can return and respond to deal with events. So from so this is, in a sense, this is advanced practice, and in a sense, this is our beginning mind, beginner's mind practice. When we have some sense, some glimpse of this um, bright field, as uh, Hongzhou calls it, <clears throat> we uh, can, coming from that, respond to all of the situations in our life and in our world doesn't mean we can fix things necessarily, but we can respond. We can listen and hear without being caught by the sense objects or the mind objects and respond from this place of clarity. So another, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> another major teaching of Hongzhu's and, and throughout Soto Zen is about the Buddha work. So again, I'm looking forward to your questions and our discussion, but I'm going to continue reading a few more of these. Uh, the empty field cannot be cultivated or proven. So we sometimes think that we can improve our zazen or verify our zazen with modern science or something like that. The empty field cannot be cultivated or proven. From the beginning, it is altogether complete, undefiled, clear down to the bottom, where everything is correct and totally sufficient, attain the pure eye that illuminates thoroughly. Fulfilling liberation, awakening involves enacting this. Stability develops from practicing it. Birth and death originally have no root or stem. Appearing and disappearing originally have no defining signs or traces. The primal light empty and collective, and effective, it's also collective, but it's effective, illumines the head top, the primal wisdom, silent but also glorious, responds to conditions. So this, our silent sitting is not kind of numb and, uh, and uncaring and unaware of what's going on around us. We do respond to conditions. Then Hongshu says, when you reach the truth without middle or edge, cutting off before and after, then you realize one wholeness. And I'll just say about this, my first Zazen instruction with my first teacher uh, on the West Side in New York City, um, what I felt in the first Zazen period was this sense of wholeness that along with everything else, all the problems in our own lives and in the world, there's this sense of wholeness that is available in Zazen. So I would guess that you're, you know this because you're here. 
And then how do we take care of this? Anyway, continuing with what Hongshu says, everywhere sense faculties and objects both just happen. The one who sticks out his broad, long tongue, that's Buddha, <laughs> the phrase for Buddha, uh, transmits the inexhaustible lamp, radiates the great light, and performs the great Buddha work. So this is uh, our practice, to perform the great Buddha work. From the first, not borrowing from others, one atom from outside the Dharma. Clearly, this affair occurs within your own house, within your own body and mind, on your own seat. This is uh, the Buddha work. How do we take care of the Buddha work? This is the, the basic question in Zen. How do we take care of the Buddha work? So uh, we are all doing this bodhisattva practice, working for Buddha, working for wholeness, working for this light, this primal light that is everywhere. So um, I'm going to skip to another passage here. There's I, there's a lot that I can read from Hongsha. Um, so we'll see how this goes. This one, this um, so these there's 56 different little teachings in this in this these practice instructions that I translated and I gave each one a name. This one I call graciously share yourself. In the great rest and great halting, the lips become moldy and mountains of grass grow on your tongue. <laughs> this is a reference to session or practice period when we become when we have a sustained period of stillness, great rest and great halting. And there's nothing to say. The lips become moldy. Mountains of grass grow on your tongue. Then Hongshu says, moving straight ahead beyond this state, totally let go. Washed clean and ground to a fine polish. Respond with brilliant light to such unfathomable depths as the waters of autumn or the moon stamped in the sky. You don't usually think of the moon that way as being stamped in the sky. At any rate, it's a wonderful image. Then you must know there is a path on which to turn yourself around. When you do turn yourself around, you have no different face that can be recognized. Even if you do not recognize your face, still nothing can hide it. Logan talks about this a lot. Nothing is hidden. This is penetrating from the topmost all the way down to the bottom. When you have thoroughly investigated your roots back to their ultimate source, a thousand or ten thousand sages, all of our ancestors, are no more than footprints on the trail. In wonder, return to the journey, avail yourself of the path, and walk ahead. In light there is darkness. You have heard this. Where it operates, no traces remain. With a hundred grass tips in the busy marketplace, graciously share yourself. So this is the this is another way of talking about the Buddha work. In the busy marketplace, in the world, in your life, with all the people you interact with, and all the situations you interact with, in this troubled world, graciously share yourself. Wide open and accessible walking along, casually mount the sounds and straddle the colors while you transcend listening and surpass watching. 
perfectly unifying in this manner is simply as end practitioners appropriate activity. So this goes back to the uh, first uh, Sazen instruction I was talking about. But this is sort of the other way around. Uh, and I would say that they are both part of each other. So again, before I was talking about Hongsha saying, um, find it. Um, what? Okay. Um, yeah. Um, so before Hongsha said, um, far enough. Okay. Um, respond unencumbered to each speck of dust, to each bit of phenomena, without becoming its partner, without getting caught by it. And then he said, the subtlety of seeing and hearing transcends mere colors and sounds. Here he says, casually mount the sounds and straddle the colors while you transcend listening and surpass watching. So it sounds like those are. Uh, opposite, but really he's talking about the same practice of not being caught by our limited human sense perceptions and mental perceptions, for that matter. So I want to read both of those again. Um, the subtlety of seeing and hearing transcends mere colors and sounds. Uh, and then casually mount the sounds and straddle the colors while you transcend listening and surpass watching. So part of our practice is to uh, become aware of how we are aware, to see the realm of uh, limited human perception of, uh, as, we, as was chanted earlier in the Heart Sutra, uh, sight, sound, smells, taste, touch, and thoughts, mind objects. This is one of the brilliant awarenesses of Buddhism that our thoughts are like are, are like sounds and like colors, and we don't have to be caught by them. We let them come and we let them go. Uh, as uh, Uchiyama Roshi said, uh, while you are sitting, of course, your stomach continues to secrete digestive juices and your brain continues to secrete thoughts. So we don't have to be caught. We don't have to believe everything we think. It doesn't mean to not pay attention to sight, sound, smell, taste, touch, objects of mind, but don't be caught by them. So one of the great teachings of Dogen and Hongzhu is to go to, to realize the limitations of human awareness, to see beyond that. Uh, Dogen talks about uh, the Green Mountains walking, just, and that we don't know our own walking until we see the Green Mountains walking. Uh, I, I imagine you don't have mountains in Houston. We don't in Chicago either, but uh, I've practiced in the mountains as Galen has. Um, to not be caught. Here we have prairies and lakes. <laughs> I guess you have a, a, gulf, a big gulf there anyway. Um, so how do we um, see and realize and accept and practice the Buddha work with these limitations? of being a human being, at the same time that we actually see this wholeness, this clear light that Hongzhu talks about, that is shining everywhere and always. So, um, and the integration of those is the teaching and practice and philosophy of Soto Zen. How do we integrate this taste of the ultimate or universal awareness that we 
all gain through sustained zazen, uh, with the particular phenomenal situations that are all around us. This process of integration is, you know, goes back to the teaching of Huayan and Huayanama Sutra, and is developed by Dongshan and the Five Degrees teaching. And Hongzhi and Dogen uh, talk about this not in a formulaic way, but they're always talking about how we are uh, bringing our practice into the busy marketplace, to put it that way. Okay, I want to, um, another important idea, what am I doing on time? Uh, yeah, I have a little more time, is about the ancestors. So I want to talk about the ancestors. This is very important, and there's a, a, a few things. Well, Hongsha has a lot to say about that, so I'm going to read a couple uh, pieces. Um, this one I call Return to the Source and Serve the Ancestors. The, he says, those who produce descendants are called ancestors. And of course, we are all descendants of uh, Suzuki Roshi and Dogen and Hongshi. Um, where the stream emerges is called the source. After with, with beholding the source and recognizing the ancestors, before your, your awareness can disperse, be steadfast. Do not follow birth and death or past conditioning. This thing about uh, where the stream emerges, I, uh, when I was living at Tassajara, I once uh, walked up a side creek of the Tassajara Creek trying to get to the source. Didn't quite get there, <laughs> but uh, I um, did sit on the, by the side of the stream uh, and was aware that there must be a source back there. <laughs> and we can do that with our with our thoughts and feelings and perceptions as well. Where do they emerge? Um, I did once when I was camped out in the, in the mountains in Colorado, go all the way back to uh, found a source of a stream, of a spring uh, coming up into, from underground in those mountains. Anyway, uh, uh, be steadfast, do not follow birth and death or past conditioning. If you do not succumb then all beings will show the whole picture. Dharma gates are everywhere. They're boundless. Wake up and in turn, the ground, the roots, and the dust are clearly cast off. So Dogen talked about dropping body and mind. And this is a similar thing. Although empty of desires, with deliberations cut off, transcendent comprehension is not all sealed up. Perfect, bright understanding is carefree amid 10,000 images and cannot be confused. Within each dust moat is vast abundance. In a 100,000 samadhis, all gates are majestic. All dharmas are fulfilled. And elsewhere, uh, Hongsha talks about these samadhis. He says to romp and play in samadhi. So there's a playful aspect to zazen. Enjoy your zazen. Allow, even as you sit still and silent, roam and play in samadhi. Uh, so still, you must gather them together and bring them within. To reach the time-honored, return to the source and serve the ancestors. Join together into unity. Scrutinize yourself and go on. Keep going. Keep on trucking. So we return to the source and serve the ancestors. 
And, you know, we have lots of ancestors. We have a lineage that goes through Tenshin Roshi to Suzuki Roshi to all those Japanese ancestors. I don't know if you ever chant the, all the ancestors' names back to Dogen and, and uh, Hongshu. Well, Hongshu is actually a, a, an uncle, kind of, but he's part of our lineage. And then and back to the sixth ancestor and Bodhidharma and Shakyamuni Buddha. Anyway, serve the ancestors. But this idea of the ancestors is very powerful, actually. It's not just our particular spiritual lineage. Uh, I'll say more, but I want to read one other, one other place where he talks about the ancestors, because uh, this is this is a really uh, important and helpful teaching. So uh, maybe my lips were going moldy. Anyway, all beings are your ancestors. Fully appreciate the emptiness of all dharmas. Nothing exists independent just by itself, not separate from everything else. Then all minds are free and all dust evaporate in the brightness, in the bright and original, the fundamental brilliance shining everywhere. So Hongzhi talks about this brilliant radiance that is everywhere, that is the Buddha and that is everything else, which we think of as separate from the Buddha. It's not actually. Um, Transforming according to circumstances, Hongzhi says, meet all beings as your ancestors. Subtly eliminate all conditions, magnanimous beyond all dualities, clear and desireless. The mind of the pines, the, the, the wind, excuse me, the wind in the pines and the moon in the water are content in their elements. Without minds interacting, wind and pines or moon and water do not impede one another. Essentially, you exist inside emptiness and have the capacity to respond outwardly without being annoyed, like spring blossoming, like a mirror reflecting forms. Amid all the noise, spontaneously emerge from the single ground. So again, this idea of the ancestors, Hongshu says all beings are your ancestors. Everyone we see and all beings we see, even the ones we imagine are not as intelligent as us. Um, of course, we know now through science that there are many intelligent beings besides humans, like octopuses, which are really amazingly intelligent, unfortunately, have a short lifespan, and like forests themselves, which have this mycorrhizal network underneath in their communicating trees are communicating with each other the whole a forest is an intelligent sentient being with with uh, awareness and communication and able to respond to harm and to situations and trees share nutrition and awareness with each other anyway uh, all beings are your ancestors Osha says this is a powerful idea so I was talking about the lineage of Zen ancestors which we revere. These are the beings, uh, men and women, actually, in each generation who kept alive this practice so that we can be doing it now here in, what is it, 2023? Anyway, here we are, thanks to all these Zen ancestors. But there's also other kinds of ancestors that we should appreciate. There are genetic, our, our genetic ancestors. So um, 
I don't know how many of you might know something about your any of your great-grandparents. When I ask that in a group, sometimes you know half the people raise their hands. But even if you don't know anything about them, you probably, and people in our culture probably believe that we have that we have something to do with them. So we have a long genetic ancestry, but we also have cultural and social ancestors. So whatever um, creative mode you're involved in, if you like music, if you like literature, if you um, uh, you know whatever, if you like art, uh, we have there are lineages of ancestors that are part of your appreciation of music, whatever genre of music that is. There are lineages of ancestors that are part of whatever literature we appreciate, whatever writing we appreciate. There are lineages of ancestors that uh, are part of whatever art we appreciate. So just like Dogen did not spring forth uh, with just separately from uh, you know his Soto lineage from Buddhism as a whole, you know, Van Gogh didn't come from nowhere. <laughs> he had he had uh, ancestors. So uh, this idea of the ancestors is is important. Um, I don't know how much time there is. I could share one or two more uh, readings from Doe from Hongzhen. Um, well, I'll do one more. Uh, how are we doing on time? Can I keep? We're fine. Uh, We're fine. Okay. So a couple of more is fine. Okay. Um, you can't hear us laughing at the appropriate times, but we are laughing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, me too. Uh, anyway, when you said keep on tracking, we chuckled. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> the dead are not dead. Okay. <laughs> um, this is called investigating wonder. <laughs> In clarity, the wonder exists with spiritual energy shining on its own. It cannot be grasped and so cannot be called being. It cannot be rubbed away and so cannot be called non-being. Beyond the mind of deliberation and discussion, depart from the remains of the shadowy images. Emptying one's sense of self existence is wondrous. I love that line. Emptying one's sense of self existence is wondrous. This wonder is embraced with a spirit that can be enacted. The moon mind with its cloud body is revealed straightforwardly in every direction without resorting to signs or symbols, radiating light everywhere. It responds appropriately to beings and enters the sense dust without confusion. Overcoming every obstruction, it shines through every empty dharma. Leaving discriminating conditioning, enter clean, clear wisdom. And here we go. And romp and play in samadhi. <laughs> what would what would could be wrong? This is how one must genuinely investigate the essence. So uh, this romping and playing in samadhi, uh, you know, just enjoy your zazen. <laughs> uh, this is a. This is a passionate practice. This is a playful practice. Uh, it's not about fitting some particular monastic mold. It's about actually bringing life to our life, actually appreciating 
all the ancestors who are around in our life and supporting us and seeing how we support them. So we can appreciate all this, but we also we have a responsibility. We can respond to each other, to Sangha, to support each other, and to support the world around us in whatever way we see fit. There's not one right way to do all this. Um, oh, gosh. There's so many more of these. I, I could do one more or not. Um, do one more. Okay, okay. This is a short one. Uh, the field of bright spirit is an ancient wilderness that does not change. With boundless eagerness, wander around the immaculate wide plain. The drifting clouds embrace the mountains. The family wind is relaxed and simple. The autumn waters display the moon in its pure brightness. Directly arriving here, you will be able to recognize the mind ground drama field. That is the root source of the 10,000 forms germinating with unwithered fertility. These flowers and leaves are the whole world. So we are told that a single seed is an uncultivated field. Do not weed out the new shoots and the self will flower. So I kind of like that one because I like weeds. I, I know to cultivate a garden, one needs to weed out the weeds, but um, I kind of have a, an affinity for weeds myself. Anyway, uh, I'll stop there. Uh, I understand that in a little bit there'll be a, a discussion period, and I really look forward to your questions, comments, and responses. So thank you all very much. <laughs>